For streaming, creating, gaming, and more, power your passions for less during Dell's exceptional cyber savings event. Enjoy up to $400 off stunning laptops like the XPS, along with high-performance desktops and next-level Alienware systems, redefining what's possible with 10th-gen Intel Core processors. Shop special prices on top-brand electronics and accessories, plus enjoy free shipping on everything. Don't forget to ask for Intel when you call 1-800-BUY-DELL. That's 1-800-BUY-DELL. It is Thursday, September 26th, 2019. We're coming to you live from Evan Fox's suite in Memphis, Tennessee. We have an interview with Adam Vinatieri today that I assume will be quoted by people because he saw us down some rumors that were potentially being tossed around town about him. Speaking of rumors, here's one that's true. If you buy tickets from anywhere other than SeatGeek, you're an absolute stooge and sellout. That's right, Ty. An absolute stooge and a sellout. Because SeatGeek scans all the other ticket buying apps and makes sure that you're getting the best bang for your buck, the best ticket available at the best price available for the best humans on earth, which are you buying from the most impeccable ticket buying platform, SeatGeek. And right now, you use promo code PAT, you get $10 off your first order. Promo code McAfee, $20 off your first order. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. People say, hey, that type of deal, insanity. And let's use a little self-awareness. If we're rich, please utilize Pat for $10 off. And if you're not rich yet, please utilize McAfee for $20 off your first order from our friends at SeatGeek. It's just a couple taps. It's very easy to use. Go see a game. Go see someone play some music. Go see uh, some theater shit. Go comedy. You're alive, but are you living? Go live and experience something live. Speaking of, this Adam Vinatieri conversation is now live. Please play the interview, Ty Schmidt. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me now is a man who is the greatest of all time at what he does. He's a man who has been playing in the NFL for 24 seasons. He's the all-time leading scorer in a game that revolves around scoring. He's won four Super Bowls. The man is an absolute legend, friend of the show, Adam Nugalicious Vinatieri. Heck of an introduction. <laughs> you, you absolutely deserve it, man. How are you doing? I understand that the first couple weeks of the season were your nightmare. You bounced back in incredible fashion this past weekend against the Atlanta Falcons. Where is the state of mind for the greatest ball kicker in the history of ball kicking? I'm doing well. You know, it's, uh, it's one of those situations that no matter good, bad, or indifferent, you, you go back and you reevaluate film and you... You see what you can do better, and uh, then you move on, and, and you put last week's game behind you, and you keep on moving forward. So, uh, yeah, it was a rough start. I'm happy to help kick a bunch of points and uh, and uh, help our team win a game this last week. You know, the Atlanta Falcons are a pretty dang good team, and they were scoring a lot of points too. So every point was, uh, was very important, and I'm happy to put them all through this week. That's for sure. When I talk to you, the night of the infamous Stephen Holder tweet that implied that you were going to be retiring the next day uh, with zero grounds to say that. Uh, the thing that you sounded like is you felt like you were letting down your teammates. You felt like you were letting down a team that was so damn good. You guys have a lot of faith in that locker room. This is a damn good team. What is the words that are being said around the locker room about how we continue to stack and continue to get better as the franchise? Yeah, I think I think you know, we, we, Frank's very, very good at making sure that we celebrate victories, but yet understand that there's plenty of room for improvement all the way around. We obviously have our, you know, our, our Tuesday meetings, our evaluate game film, see what, you know, what goals we hit, what goals we missed. And uh, football's a fun game where it's a complimentary game where one week, you know, the defense and, and you know, the, and the special teams, you know, do a good job. The next day and the next week, it's the offense picks uh, picks up and does a great job. And, and that's what's that's what's fun about it. No matter 
no matter who, everybody contributes to the wins, and uh, and everybody you know kind of helps each other out and, and makes plays. And you know the the Tennessee game uh, when I didn't uh, put a bunch of points on the board, you know the defense did a good job keeping them uh, from from doing a good from from scoring a lot of points and, and helped me out, so to say. So. Um, you know, Tuesdays are a day where we come in and we just watch all the film and, and uh, figure out, you know, we celebrate a win. I mean, that's for sure. It's hard to get wins in the league, um, but but we celebrate the win quick, and then we then we try to make sure we, we kind of look to see what we can do better, and, and then we, we, we adjust and, and make corrections, and then we move on to the next game on, on Wednesday. So tomorrow we'll, we'll be in and we'll move into Oakland and not even thinking about this last game other than what corrections we can make. You had a perfect game you kissed one in off the upright doesn't matter still counts for three points in any book that you're looking at uh what did you work on what did you change or was it just getting back to the basics was there any mindset any thought of like oh i need to fix this i need to change this or is it just i need to do what has gotten me here i think i think i was just it was a timing thing you know more than anything i think it's like a golf swing or or obviously i don't play baseball so timing on batting and stuff like that i think you know, uh, for me, I think I was I was just a little off on that, and I just got back to basics and worked on, you know, what's got me to this point. You know, it was just, you know, um, smooth swing and and, uh, and and really getting your timing down. You can you can get too fast, you can get too slow. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it, but uh, I just got back and watched some some old film and to see what I what I thought I needed to change. And for any for the most part, it was just uh, it was just about a matter of timing. I, I know you golf. If you get quick on your swing, or if your if your timing's a little off, the ball can go in different directions. And I just had to get back to where I needed to be. What film did you watch? Did you watch that snow game? You're like, you know what? Let's go back to my biggest kicks and see what the fuck I was doing then. Or what did you watch? Yeah, uh, uh, honestly, I just took a few kicks from from years past. I mean, I went all the way back to fourteen, fifteen, and 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 on. You know, during the during the forty four in a row, and in some of those years where where I was smoothing the ball really well, and I was making sure that. Uh, I could get my timing back, and and that's one of the things that I noticed. That, you know, I think you know people say, "Did you lose confidence? Did you get confidence?" It's not about confidence; it's just about doing when you're hitting the ball well and you're feeling it. You you know that what you know it just feels right, and and I had to get back to that. Well, are you driving right now? A what are, is a lot it, of ponies? Yeah, there's there. a lot of ponies in the hood. It sounds like in the background there. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm trying. We we just left work, and I'm trying to like keep it. Yeah, I know I'm I'm being interviewed, so I'm trying to like not not make the uh, the engine rev too much. But it's just uh, one of those loud cars. But, hey, can we get back to the shirt you wore the other day when you were pounding on the anvil? That was sweet, man. I appreciate you. Hey, did you enjoy that? I thought it would make you feel good. I, I just wanted you to remind. I wanted to remind you of who you were, the goat head. Hey, you're the greatest of all time. I just wanted to give a little reminder while I was screaming into a microphone to sixty thousand people and banging on an anvil. That's all I wanted to. Well, I you get the you get the crowd fired up every time we play at home. I think you should be the honorary every week Anvil hitter because uh, the the crowd responds well to you, and I think that's awesome that you were there doing it. Hey, I thought it was a good time, by the way, with this whole new era, brand new home opener for Lucas Oil Stadium to have a new identity. For the last couple of years, it's kind of been a quiet place. I think everybody would agree that even people that come in and play, it seemed like it was a loud stadium on Sunday. Am I accurate in thinking that? Yeah, no, they, the, the crowd did great. I, I thought they were really, really fired up and amped up, and and uh, not just like you know introductions when Ty is getting introduced and stuff, obviously. But boy, they did a nice job on on third down and in different times. I mean, hopefully we give them stuff to cheer about. I mean, that's what it's all about. But uh, we appreciate the noise that the crowd does, and and it really does help. I mean, it, honestly, when we're on defense. And it's a and it's a big play to to have the communications for their offense to have them struggle a little bit, that that makes a big difference in it. And it in home field advantage is is a real thing. So uh, we talk about it all the time. How do we get the crowd amped up and into it? And and they did a fantastic. They do a good job all the time. But it seemed like they were even even another level higher this last week. That's for sure. I agree completely. The last time you guys were in that stadium was when Andrew Luck walked off the field and there was a couple hundred people that potentially booed him because of the situation. I don't think they were booing Andrew Luck. I think they were booing the situation where they were told for the second time in three years that Andrew Luck was going to be playing that year. Then all of a sudden, 
via an Adam Schefter tweet. They learned that he's retiring outright, and now it's a whole new era. During Andrew Luck's retirement speech, he gave glowing praise to you. What what did that mean to you to be? Because I assume in a lot of people's retirement speeches you're talked about. I, I, because when you're around 24 years and you're an incredible human, you are. But Andrew Luck literally took time out of his entire speech, biggest topic of the entire NFL, to talk about you. That had to feel good for you to get your tank tickled a little bit there, huh? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if the terminology's right on that, but yeah, no, it was, it was cool. You know, Andrew is is a heck of a competitor and a great teammate, and uh, we were happy to have him for as many years as he could play with us. And you know, I mean, he's a he's a difference maker. He's one of those guys when he's on the field, uh, he's he's pretty dang impressive. So. Um, you know, to, to be able to share, and you were there too. I mean, obviously you played, you know, when Andrew was there as well. So you've seen it firsthand standing, uh, watching him do his work. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's an honor to, you know, I've, I've had so many great teammates over, over these two decades that, that, you know, time comes and goes and you just, you think, you think about it and you just go, man, you know, watching him do his work and watching him win all those games that he did, you know, being a part of the team that won the games and, and that it's, it was, it was really, it, it was an honor for, for even to be mentioned, you know, in the middle of his speech when it was, was about him. It was about his career and his celebration for, for him to talk about TY and myself and stuff like that. It was a, it was a very humbling moment for me. We interrupt this incredible conversation with the greatest of all time to let you know that There's a company named Audible, an Amazon company, that has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment, including Audible Originals. Mm -hmm. Audible Originals are stories created exclusively for audio, including documentaries, exclusive audiobooks, and scripted shows that you can't hear anywhere else. Audible keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. You'll finish more stories when you listen with Audible and always be part of the conversation. With the convenient Audible app, you can listen anytime, anywhere, and on any device. Mobile, Alexa-enabled, Bluetooth, and more. Listen at the gym, while shopping, in the car, while traveling, anytime you can't read. You can listen with your friends at Audible. Audible members get more than ever before. Every month you can choose one audiobook regardless of price as well as two audio uh, Audible originals from a fresh selection. I was rolling too, man. One night. Oh, yeah. Members stay motivated and inspired with unlimited access to exclusive guided fitness and meditation programs. Hello. That's worth it all in bites. It's hard to find meditation stuff. I've been trying to meditate. Just ain't got the patience. But when I, when I get with Audible to their meditation stuff, it works every time. Look at me, kumbaya all of a sudden. Woo-saw. Mm. The brain's taking a vacation because the people at Audible are helping me get there. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash America or text America to 500 500- 500 that's audible.com slash america or text america to 500 500 that's audible.com slash america or text america to the number 500 500 audible be informed inspired and entertained all right back to military well, I, I, honestly, it'd be, if I was you, it'd be very tough to be humble. I, I'm just going to be honest when I say that. You're, the, <laughs> you're, the, you're outright, everybody agrees, the greatest at something. And you're a first ballot Hall of Famer in a position that doesn't have Hall of Famers. You're the all-time leading scorer. A lot of people, and I think that's why the tweet got taken so far, is because everybody's like, what else does Adam Vinatieri have to prove? What else does Adam Vinatieri have to prove? For you, what is it? Do you just still love kicking balls? you still love competition? you still love being a part of a team? And until that fades away, you're just going to keep it rolling? Or what is it exactly that keeps Adam Vinatieri in the game kicking the ball so well? Well, and, and and I think I think anybody that's played will will say the same thing. It's the locker room. It's the camaraderie. It's the, it's that's the one thing that's the most exciting and the most fun. Don't get me wrong. Going out and playing on Sundays is amazing, and it, there's nothing like that. But the relationships that you build and and you build them in 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 you know March, April, May, June when there's no games around. Guys are just in the locker room working hard and sweating, lifting weights and running around. That's when you build. 
this family that you have, and uh, and that that's probably the most special thing about football. Uh, and there's lots of special things, obviously, but to me, that's the that's probably the icing on the cake. But but you know, I I saw you know the way our team competed last year and how we won a bunch of games and fought our way into the playoffs and won a game in the playoffs. I just I, I looked at this team, and and I think. Everybody sees it as well. We've got a we've got a really good team, and and uh, moving forward, I, I just felt like this team could be the team that could make the next jump or the next level or, or whatever. And, and I just wanted to be a part of that because obviously it's hard to get to the playoffs. It's hard to stand on top of the mountain holding the trophy and stuff. But when you when you feel like you got a team that that can make a good run, um, it's hard to it's hard to back away from that. That's for sure. So I think. You know, locker room, the, the relationships, the guys that you have, and, and a chance to, to win a lot of football games and try to make the playoffs and see how far you can go. Uh, it, it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard not to be a part of that. That's for sure. I can completely understand that. And you uh, redirected me when I asked this question earlier. What are you driving? What is that pony in the back? What am I hearing? <laughs> I'm driving a, a, a Dodge Charger Hellcat. <laughs> <laughs> What's that got? Six hundred? That's got six hundred horses. That's got uh, a little over seven, actually. But oh! <laughs> hey, because I had that Shelby that had six sixty-two or whatever under the hood, and as soon as I brought into the in the the parking lot, Robert Mathis was like, "I'm gonna go get a Hellcat, so you're not the big dog in there." And I'm happy you went ahead and did that. That's incredible. How is it? Is it is it ride nice? I, I remember I remember driving back from training camp in Anderson, trying to keep up with your uh, with with your. Uh, pretty quick car but we stayed under the speed limit didn't we yeah we did we never broke the law that's what we would do um uh, stayed at 54 pretty good the whole time (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i'll tell you what those fast cars uh they're awesome And you never know you need them until you need them. And then uh, you're all of a sudden you're in the middle of something trying to get somewhere. And you look down and you're like, oh, these are the type of shit that makes headlines right here. <laughs> this is the type of shit that makes headlines. Uh, speaking, speaking of headlines. And I didn't ask you this on Sunday night after the Titans game out of respect for our friendship. Because I knew I had to get on a microphone the next day to speak about it. Uh, at your age, 46 with everything I just mentioned in the last question about accomplishing everything, anytime you suffer any type of downfall in performance, everybody is going to ask about, is it time to hang it up? It happens to every quarterback that plays for a long time. It happens to every single position that does it. Was there ever a thought in your mind during those two weeks stretch where you were like, uh, what if this is the time where I don't have it anymore? Was that ever happened or was it always like, I just need to fix this shit and keep it moving? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think I ever thought that I lost it. I, I mean, that's one of those things that you, you, if I was kicking good earlier in the week, it's not like it just disappears. I just, like I said before, and I said to you, uh, I didn't want to to hurt my team. You know, they're too good. They're, you know, it's too hard to win games, and you know, you you lose some games early. It's hard to get them back later on. So, you know, I that was one of those things that I didn't feel like I lost it. I didn't want to hang it up i wasn't going to do any of that type of stuff um but but i wanted to figure it out and fix it right away i think i mean there's plenty of critics out there that were talking plenty of stuff but nobody was more more hard on on me than i was on myself to be honest with you so i was i was a little frustrated in 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 trying to figure it out but there wasn't a time where listen in in the in the world that we're living in now um it's really easy to give up or turn your back but but um, I was, I, that was never a thought of mine. I, I've got kids and I've got, you know, what kind, of, what kind of example are you showing if when times get tough you just turn around and, and, and you, you take the easy way out? That, that's never been in me and nor will it ever be. So, I mean, there's times where people go through tough times. There's times where you lose your job if you're not doing the right stuff. But walking away and, and turning my back on my team and or my family because they're my family. I'm talking guys in the locker room. I was never I, I sat there and said I'm going to work harder and if it, and work my way out of it and, and that's what I'm still planning on doing. And one game doesn't change anything. I had a, a decent game this weekend but that nothing ever has changed as far as that's concerned um, because I had a nice game this last week doesn't mean that I'm not going to work just as hard this week or harder this week to make sure it stays that way. Let's go! Okay! Hey, you just got me ready to run through a wall right there, bro. 
That was an incredible. Let's go. Hey, that was a real moment right there that we just had, you and I. I mean, I don't know how many of those happened, but that was a fucking awesome moment right there. No, I appreciate it. Well, I, I just, the way I feel, I mean, it's just it's sometimes in life, people people want to, especially nowadays, it just seems like people want to take the easy way out. And, and what are we teaching our kids by doing stuff like that? And that's, I'm not saying that's the easy way out. I'm just, I'm just saying in general, like, I've always said it to my kids, you know, you, you look yourself in the mirror and you do everything you can. And sometimes bad things happen or sometimes things don't work out well. But at the end of the day, uh, you do everything you can and, and you should be able to look at yourself in the mirror and go, you know what? I, I did what I, you know, I, I did the best I could. And, and at any time, there was never a thought that I was just going to walk away. Absolutely not. I want to let you know that's going to get quoted by everybody right there. And, uh,. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Vinatieri never once thought about retirement. Fuck everybody that was talking about that. Um, well, that better not be the quote. I don't remember saying that. <laughs> um, hey, man, I can't thank you enough. I, uh, yeah. You're the absolute best. I know you got a, an off day here. I don't want to take too much of your time. I'm very thankful you decided to call in here. Uh, take care of that Hellcat. Take care of that beautiful family of yours and keep swinging, man. It's awesome to watch. Well, thank you, brother, and appreciate your support, uh, not only for me, but for the team and, and everything you do for the city, man. Uh, that sounds corny and cheesy, but I mean it. Well, I love you, man. I can't thank you enough, and uh, good luck the rest of the way. You guys got a hell of a team. I can't wait to watch. Appreciate you, bud. All right, I'll see you. Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest all right. of all time, Adam Vinatieri. Hey! That was a good conversation with the GOAT there. He's a good man, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Great man. Might sound like the boys are yelling from down the hall because that's how big Foxy's fucking room is. <laughs> he has a big-ass room, and you should probably move that camera over there so you can kind of get everything, Foxy. I don't know. The room is too large for Foxy to capture everybody in it. I do not have a room in Memphis. I did not have a room in Memphis when I got here. Foxy has a suite. Ty is an incredible suite. Nick has a good room. Zito has a good room. Our truck driver, Mark, who was in three branches of the military, who's representing for Navy, uh, served for like 40 years. Uh, he has his, uh, his own suite here because mm-hmm. uh, zone booked it for everybody. Yes. My hotel was booked by ESPN. They scheduled it, I think, a day in advance. So I was technically a no-show. So the hotel just canceled my reservation, with, unbeknownst to me. Of course. So I get to the hotel after... Uh, we had our live show, mm-hmm. then we hopped on a plane, mm-hmm. then we flew directly to Memphis, mm-hmm. literally right out of the plane, right into my guy Daryl's car. Yep. Good guy, by the way. Great guy. Good hat. If, you're, if his manager is listening, <laughs> I give him five stars. I don't know. If there's 10 stars, I give him 10 stars. He was very adamant on us giving him a good rating. Yes. He wanted me to reach out to his manager and say, hey, this guy, good hat, good driver. So if you're listening, please do that. He did that. He was very adamant. He was. I wonder what happened. Was he like on the, the, the brink of getting fired? It's sure, sure. Well, uh, I mean, if the, if the last 15 to 20 minutes after you got out of the car were any indication, then, yeah, he may have been on the hot seat. <laughs> so it went well for you guys. That's great to hear. Anyways, that guy drove me straight to the meetings with the Memphis coaches, which were incredible. Oh yeah, I was going with that. Uh, those were like it was those were there was like three three hours of conversations with uh, Coach Norvell and his crew. Hey, good coaches here, man. All right. Last last year, I guess, dude. I don't know if I listened right. I should probably look back at the notes that somebody else took. But I think I think he had to change fifteen coaches this offseason because everybody got jobs. Like last week, I guess the coordinator for Georgia was taking on a coordinator from Notre Dame. They were both working at Memphis last year. And then, like, Texas A&M and another one had two coordinators going against each other that were working at Memphis last year. So this guy, I guess, his coaching tree is, like, a real one, this guy. So he – we basically learned about his entire culture of how he builds the team and everything like that because they understand that Thursday Night Football is a big-time commercial for their school, right? Mm -hmm. Like, when I was at West Virginia, we very much knew whenever we were playing on Thursday night, it was national TV. Everybody was watching. It was the only college game. NFL hadn't started yet, so it was much bigger than it is now. But it was like a selling point. So these people are just telling us everything. And it's a cool conversation, you know. But they get a little long. 
And I'm intrigued by all of them. But as soon as they end, I'm like, holy shit, what fucking time is it? And then it's like 4 o'clock. And then they're like, oh, but we got a cool thing going on. We're going to go down to the Navy Hotel. And the Navy offensive coordinator, Coach uh, Jasper, is going to break down film with you guys on the triple option. I'm like, oh, that's incredibly cool. Well, boy, I'm fucking tired right now. <laughs> so we had to drive from there to there. It was like a 15, 20-minute drive. We get there. They're setting up the room. So we're sitting in the lobby for like 10, 15 minutes, you know, shaking, introducing, learning a lot about Navy. You know, Bill Belichick's dad coached at Navy for 40 years. What? 40 years. Basically, Bill Belichick was raised in the Navy yeah, football Navy. program. So like Navy football basically created the greatest football coach of all time. He comes back. They have – he – they – no fan fanfare. He like that's like his home. So like the coach talked about it in the call. How Bill Belichick is like a, an ear for him. Coach Ken. He like calls him and talks to him. And Belichick is like very connected in the Navy. It's called the Belichick Library, I guess that you walk into. I mean, it's basically his home. Really cool conversation. So I'm like so intrigued by that. When I'm like halfway asleep at this point, I'm like this is incredible. And then we go in the film room with this guy. We got cameras on. We got lights on. This guy's got an Exos, um, uh, like uh, film, tech. Yeah, he has laser pointer. The whole thing going through his entire offense. And I'm like, this is fucking incredible. So we get out of there. It's like six o'clock at this point. I'm like, all right, we're still just going here. We are still going right now. And then I get back to the hotel to check in, waiting in the line because they had one person working at the particular time. She was trying her ass off, but boy, it was a little slow. And then I finally, it's about my time to go. Some guy about 450, 500 pounds, cuts right in front of me. He just got out of the snack shop. <laughs> he took he got three peanut M&Ms, three bags of peanut M&Ms, a Sprite, and uh, a fucking bag of beef jerky, I think. I just hold him over until dinner. Bro, <laughs> funny you say that. I saw his fucking ass at Gus's. <laughs> I saw him at the fried chicken place we ate at, which I'm going to get to here in a minute. It was a full karma thing. It was crazy. He cut right in front of me. I was like, all right, pal. I understand. I wouldn't want to wait in this line for the fucking M&M's too, man. So I was kind of proud of him that he did that. He just didn't even look at me either. He just just straight fucking deboed me. Just right by me. So I'm like, go ahead, you got it, pal. Everybody in line behind me gives that grunt, you know. It was like when we were at the customs in Canada and a lady saw how weak Foxy was. And, she, <laughs> and we we're in a line of probably 2,300 people and we're probably line like, we're like number 150 in the line. So we got a lot of people behind us. And this lady breaks the line, breaks the code, looks, scans the entire thing and then sees Foxy. And she's like, there's a fucking weak one. <laughs> My daughter needs to see her grandma who's dying. <laughs> And Foxy's like, duh. And, uh, and you hear everybody behind him like, don't fucking give in to this bitch, basically. And Foxy's like, well, you got to ask them. And she was like, ah. And then at that time, like, Border Patrol came and, like, swooped her up. And I'm like, Foxy, that girl's daughter isn't going to see her grandma. Because <laughs> you. But it was like that. It was like that. Everybody behind me who had been waiting in line was pretty upset. So at this point, it's like probably six 20, 6, 30. I've been waiting there for like 30, probably 35 minutes. And then I get up to the line. I give him my ID and give the card. And uh, she goes, is this your legal name on my driver's license? Uh, yeah, that, that, is, that is my name. Yeah, that's, that's what it is right there. She goes, is this the name that your reservation would be under? I'm like, oh, fuck. I, I think so, yeah. She goes, not seeing it. Let me see. McAfee? I was like, McAfee. She was like, ah, maybe it's M-A-C. Maybe the person that put it in spelled it wrong. I was like, you know what? I appreciate you at least thinking outside the box here. So she goes, M-A-C. Ugh, no McAfee either. Uh, but we do have Macquez. And I was like, well, when's he supposed to check in? <laughs> and she goes, I'm sorry, you're going to have to stand over here. So now I got pushed to the sideline while the rest of the line goes. So I'm just standing up there. I look like a loser. I got deboed by this guy, and now I don't have a room. I'm wearing this button up all the way up. I'm sweating because I just fucking, I mean, it's been a long day. I've been up since 5.30. Now it's 6.30 at this time, which is actually 7.30 our time. So we're 14 hours into this day, and I'm just finding out I don't have a room, okay? So I'm standing down there, and I text, or I email the, um, the assistant in ESPN that I was told the email about my reservations i read the email from yesterday it says yep you're all good here's the place to go so i showed the email to the lady and she goes uh 
that ain't nothing. There ain't no confirmation number on there. And I was like, all right. So I emailed back, is there a confirmation number? And I get the confirmation number. I show her, goes, oh, you no-showed yesterday, honey. And I was like, yeah, but I did show today. You know, like that's a pretty big deal. She was like, we had to cancel your reservation because it was so filled up. You no-showed, we had to cancel. I'm like... Oh, my God. Is there any other rooms? This is while somebody else is checking in. So I'm that guy now butting in with the M&Ms and everything, trying to figure out whether or not I have a room. I'm carrying my suit bag that has my home pillow in it, and I can't put it on the ground because it can't touch the floor because I don't want the pillow rubbing against the ground. So I'm holding the thing. I'm emailing the thing, and she goes, no, there's no rooms here. So one of the guys from ESPN is like, oh, I'll call the Disney Travel Company. So he calls the Disney Travel Company. I've never logged into this, so he has to go through an entire login for me. That's 15 minutes. I've got to give him all my information. So now we're like 645, 650. Uh, there's zero chance of a room in the current hotel I'm in. The hotel that the boys are in, that the zone got the suites in that we're currently broadcasting from, this incredible fucking 3,000-square-foot room <laughs> that Foxy has. There's no rooms over there. None. So then... Uh, He's on the phone with Disney, and I hear him saying the Peabody, which I think is the Peabody. I, he was pronouncing it in a very – probably oh, probably the accurate – probably the way it was. But anyways, I called it the Peabody. He was calling it the Peabody. He said, <laughs> he said, no, I'm on the app right now. I guess they have an app where you can see what hotels are available around you. So every hotel said like sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out. But the Peabody, the Peabody – had a room in it. And I heard him say, oh, Executive King at the Peabody. And he even said, I'm looking at it right now, 215 bucks. Uh, and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to start walking to the Peabody right now. You, you guys are getting this done. <laughs> I'm going to go do this. And he goes, no, no, don't go until it's finalized because we don't want you to walk over there and not have it. And then this whole thing happening. I was like, that's actually probably smart, right? So 10 more minutes happen on the thing. I'm doing wall sits in the middle of the fucking lobby. I holding a bag on top of my head because I don't want to touch it. It was like I'm coming out of one of the magazines holding shit on my head. There's people walking by me. All the people, that, that fact I came back for another round of snacks. I mean, I'm still just, it's a bad scene. I'm just I'm completely embarrassed at this point. And he goes, okay, we got your room. It's getting emailed to you right now. They took my email at the beginning of that call with him. And he walks away and I open it. It's, it's the Crown Plaza. It's not the Peabody. Okay. So I was instantly, I was like, oh, they must not have got it in fast enough so that so the Crown Plaza was uh, 0.5 miles away. And at this point, I just wanted to breathe a little bit. So I was going to walk. We walked through, what, probably four or five crime scenes? Without a doubt. <laughs> Without a doubt. I mean, they, my, I think Memphis has some nice spots. And then I think it's, it's checkered with some bad <laughs> 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 police department. Yeah, there was, a, there was an empty police department. There was a jail at one point, And then... My hotel is right on the other side of the jail <laughs> underneath the highway. So um, we walked that. And it was a little bit of a long walk. And then I got to my room. They didn't have my check-in. Remember, they, they was the same situation yep. again. I'm like, yep. you got to be kidding me. But I did get the email that had the itinerary number. Boom. That trumps everything. Get me a room. I get a room. I get up there. Uh, it's a room for sure. It's a room. It's not bad. I'm very excited that I have a room at this point. So it's a good room. But then I get a text me like, hey, hey, production dinner time. Got to go do a production dinner. So now it's 7.15, 7.20 at this point, 7.25. Now I got to go to a production dinner at a place called Gus's Chicken. And I say Gus's because it's called Gus's Chicken, but it's G-U-S apostrophe S. So that's Gus's Chicken. And I don't care how grammatically incorrect they did that. Their chicken is fucking fire. It is so good. It was really good. But that was another two hours. And then now we're here doing a podcast. Uh, so when I say this, I mean this. I am incredibly delirious right now. <laughs> this, has been a, this has been a wild day. This has been a pretty cool day, though. I mean, it's been a long one, boys. Uh, we learned a lot about Memphis. I think the boys here went to a different place than I did. I got a chance to kind of... Because they filmed us eating at this place, right? So we're on the entire time. And this place is a little small. It's about the size of Foxy's room. This place is about the size. This, this is the size of the place. Okay? Foxy's room is the... It is a big restaurant. But it is just a square room. It's kind of got like this old school feel. So as soon as we walk in, we got cameras and shit. Everybody just looks at us. I thought I was about to do like a hot five. I'm literally just standing there. And the whole room has like probably 55, 60 people in it. All sitting at little tables. 
maybe 30, I don't know. I, that's probably a bad estimation. Probably like 30 people, but it's packed. And it, it, we were just standing at the front waiting for a table to clear out. And it was just all eyes on us, basically. And I was like, you know what? Everybody, it's kind of an interesting situation. If I was them, I'd be staring at us, too. I mean, we just walked in a large group with cameras. Nobody had a clue who the fuck we were. They, they had to just be like, oh, oh, this is like the new Kardashians. Like, <laughs> they had to think it was like some reality show, like diners, drive-ins, and dives or something with a bunch of douchebags. I was so dressed all the way the way I am. This is a very casual place, you know what I mean? So, I mean, but we sat down. The food was incredible. And uh, I would recommend going to Gus's Chicken. I would recommend it. It's a small place, though. But there's a bunch all around the country. Only $50,000 a franchise, too. I think we're getting a chicken game. I talked to Zito. I said, Zito, please learn everything there is to know about running a chicken restaurant. And Zito, your answer was? Oh, we just need a lot of chicken wire. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's all you need. Chicken wire. Maybe a couple hens. A couple hens. A couple, <laughs> couple roosters. Now you're really... So we're not off to a hot start with our chicken business, but we will get it done. Wait, do the roosters wake up the chickens? They're like the alarm clocks in the, the chicken world? Yeah, the cockadoodle do. It's not just the chicken world, it's the entire farm world. They're, yeah. they're kind of the, they're the ones. Yeah. What wakes up the rooster? Is it the sun? Anytime, as soon as they see the sun, they're up. Mm-hmm. Might be the morning dinner. And they just, as soon as they see the sun, they're like, ah, fuck everybody! <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that what roosters do? Is that... Is that what they do? That's all I want to know, man. Anyways, that's what we just were in this hotel, man. There's some people that probably just woke up next door. Oh, I just want to be like... neighbors? <laughs> <laughs> knee slapper on a seat. Do that. Uh, but you guys got a chance to sit next to an Australian fellow um, at uh, dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. And Ty, I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah, Memphis, obviously a beautiful city, uh, very lovely. Um, if you can avoid the – sure Yeah. Still recording. Okay. If you can uh, avoid stepping over the bums who are soaked in their own piss while you're trying to go where you're trying to go, it's a beautiful city. But, uh, you know, we were, we were sitting at the bar and we were kind of talking to this Australian guy, active duty Navy still, which eh, may be questionable. But, you know, he, he – Why are you saying that? Uh, Let's just say this guy wasn't exactly physically fit. I mean, I, when I think of, of Navy, I think of chiseled abs. Okay, I think of big guns. This guy's gut was... He, was he the guy from my hotel? He may have been, yeah. He may have been scarfing down the, the peanut M&Ms. He told the waitress that he would see her tomorrow night, had already intimated that he had been there the night before, and we saw him drink about six yanglings while we were there. So... I mean, it was a good questionable scenario. But anyway, we were, we were talking with the waitress. I was like, yeah, what, what do you guys do for fun around here? You know, like this place kind of. Yeah, because you're very anti-Memphis. Yeah, well, like I said, when we were in your hotel, I was like, I feel like the, the propaganda machine has really spun a good yarn about Memphis. I always imagined, like, <laughs> this place is going to be pretty sweet. Hey, fucking Elvis is from here. Like, this place is going to be awesome. We'll go down to Graceland. We'll see where Elvis grew up. Beale Street's supposed to be awesome. The place fucking stinks, okay? And it may be, and it may be the area we're in. Again, I'm not. I, I think so too. I mean, shit, we had to walk 35 minutes to find a restaurant we could even eat at, you know? Uh, it, so, but we're asking this guy. We're like, hey, so, uh, like, you know, we what should we do tonight? I mean, we got some time to kill before we got to do whatever else we got to do. And he's he's talking about Beale Street and like Nat King Cole's club or whatever and he says oh it's, oh, it's great down there you, you guys will love it but uh, the the only thing is uh, after 10 p.m guys like you yeah don't be down there you guys you guys will not fare well down there you get your throat slashed you get pickpocketed i mean it's good, good police presence but do not wander too far from the sidewalk so we're like all right okay so that's fucking out you know i'm not trying to get my fucking throat cut you know ear to ear tonight uh we got a show to do tomorrow so we were like well, well, well what about the stadium atmosphere Rick? you gonna you know you're gonna go to the game tomorrow he goes oh god same same deal <laughs> hopefully you guys you know could get into the parking lot and get right into the game but if, if you got to go on the streets or walk around at all you got you boys are in trouble 
You're like, well, funny you should say that. You know, that's exactly what we have to do tomorrow is, uh, is walk around that area. So at this point, we're basically just hoping not to get our throat slashed while trying to give away some free tickets. Hmm. I do think there are some nice parts of Memphis. I think we just haven't really been in them yet. Tough area. Tough area. You boys want farewell, dumb. <laughs> oh, my God, Ty. And now a reading by Zito. Oh, thank you, Pat. Oh, jeez. <clears throat> there are a lot of underwear brands out oh, there. Weird voice. <laughs> Did you hear that? It was a seductive start just immediately. You even got into like a position. I know. I like it. Hey. Flip top. Sex sells, bro. <laughs> There are a lot of underwear brands out there that claim to be big on comfort, dot, dot, dot. But if you knew that was true, then why are 75% of men and women dissatisfied with their underwear? That's a great question to ponder. Oh, yeah. My hunch is that they haven't tried Tommy John's. They haven't tried Tommy John. <laughs> the revolutionary underwear brand that's upgraded over one million lives. Wow. Nick? That's seven figures. Wow. Nick doesn't even listen when you read it. It's unbelievable. I know. Support. Hmm. You know, Lamaria at the second hotel today? Oh, yeah. She looked at Nick and read him like a book. <laughs> Didn't she? Oh, yeah, she did. Ooh. Tommy John doesn't just claim to be the most comfortable underwear on the planet. They Victoria actually was an angel. She, she was, was very nice. Yeah. She was well read. I'm like this idiot. Oh, you said Zeno. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. At least she could read. Oh, because Lamaria could read. But I, I couldn't. Not. Read. You can. I think you've gotten better. I think I've, I did too. You know how people can get their lives better? Tommy John. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> like, how about this number? Over 7 million. That's the number of pairs of Tommy John underwear they've sold with 96% of their customer rating them with four stars or greater. <laughs> Bro, it's about a two-star read. <laughs> but I will say this. Quite a flex by Tommy John there. Hey, listen, we've sold over 7 million pairs of this thing. And everybody likes them. <laughs> it's real though. I have them on right now. Oh yeah, they're a very comfortable pair of underwear, aren't they? Oh yeah, big time. With Tommy John's revolutionary underwear, the legs never ride up and the waistbands never roll down. Their horizontal quick draw fly has been proven to save men over two hundred and seventeen unfurling minutes a year. That's that right. We can't read what you're saying. U-N-F-U-R-L-I-N-G? Yeah. Thank you. Tommy John is more than just underwear. They've got... Oh, thank you. They've got 750 products. Thank you. <laughs> 750 products online, such as super soft loungewear, polo shirts, and apparel. Guys! Guys. Here's something for the ladies in your life. After two years and countless hours of obsessing over every little detail, Tommy John is a proud to introduce the most comfortable bras on the planet. Is there a question after bras? Or? No, they caught me off guard. Well, if, you were talking about girls. Did you, not, you don't know what you're... No, I, I read word for word. Checkers. <laughs> <laughs> if you prefer to shop in stores, you can find us in over 1,200 retail locations across the con country, including Nordstrom stores nationwide. Tommy John, no adjustments needed. I'm going to call some action here. Hurry to TommyJohns.com. Jeez, ah, no pearl. Hurry to TommyJohn.com slash Pat <laughs> to get 20% off your first order. That's John. Dot com slash pat for twenty percent off. That's Tommy John dot com slash pat. Thank you again, Pat. Oh, damn it, Zudo, not plural. You just yelled at yourself. <laughs> Back to it. So that's been our day. Uh, right, what time is it right now? It is roughly 
got uh, 9.58 o'clock. It is 9.58. 11, 11 o'clock our time. Yeah. It is 11 p.m. American Standard Time. Here it is 10 p.m. Central Time. Uh, go do a live show, record a podcast, and call a game tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> this schedule was a bit aggressive that we signed up for here. I think what happened was everybody... Um, Foxy and I flew around the country shaking hands with everybody. And when people were like, hey, would you guys, uh, would you think about doing this? I was like, yeah. Would you think about doing this? Yeah, because I thought nobody was going to make a real offer. So I said yes to whatever. Like, yeah, cool, whatever will help. Let's do it. We're just small business trying to make it. Let's partner however we can partner. Let's do it. And I, and I enjoyed everybody I talked to. You know, so I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And then they all came back and like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and it was, it was like, yeah, okay, this company, this company, this company. And what type of man... I mean, I don't know how, what type of guy I would be to be like, oh, sorry, I can't do it, which, which now I think I probably should have thought about doing, so maybe a couple of these things, but boy, we are knuckle deep in this thing uh, that we are going to end up having to uh, really fully uh, invest ourselves to for probably like the next 10 weeks. You just got to embrace it. it. And you know what? I've actually, I just got to the point where when I was talking to the people at the WWE, I was like, how the fuck do you guys do this? How do you guys do what you do? Because they are on the road just as much as we are right now. Like, What, 300 days a year? They, yeah. The only thing they don't have is a live show every day where they have to talk into a microphone. But like four days out of the week, they're doing live wrestling stuff and everything like that. So the WWE schedule is also a, a pretty grueling one. So anytime I start feeling like soft, I'm always like, ah, oh, like there's been literally thousands of people that have done this with the WWE. We can do it. But I've definitely reached out and been like, how the fuck do you guys do this? And a couple of them just said, yeah, Pat, you're just exhausted all the time. That's, <laughs> that's just, Pat, that's just how it goes. And I'm like, oh, this is just new life for me? They're like, yeah, this is what I've been doing for insert number of years the people have been working there. Upwards of 20-some people are like, yeah, yeah, 20 years I've been doing it. I'm like, jeez, I don't think I'm going to make it to November. And these people are doing it for 20 years. But it's fun. Like, I, I literally, I think we make the most of everything. I really do. But when I lay down in bed at night, like, this is the first time in a long time where I'm just like, I got, like, another year worth of work tomorrow. <laughs> I got another year worth of work tomorrow. It's an insane thing. But the content is incredible. Great. I mean, wait until you see Foxy film the entire situation at the hotel. Literally the entire situation. <laughs> Foxy was there filming it. Cackling behind the camera. <laughs> I felt bad too. <clears throat> yeah, did you? Yeah, I swear I said it. I just, oh yeah, you did. You did. I think you you showed a little a little emotion. Well, at least you have that pool outside your window. I have a Vegas pool right outside my window at the Crown Plaza. <laughs> Changes <laughs> colors. <laughs> Easy. Zito's Zito's normally super optimistic guy too. By the way, now he's living his penthouse life over here at these suites. <laughs> He's pointing out everything to me. He's like, oh, I think I saw a chalk outline of a dead guy over here. Oh, crime scene's still hot over here. <laughs> saw a guy getting arrested today. Really? Yeah, I took a picture of it. We drove by. The guy was just out of his car getting arrested. I saw a homeless woman's titty just hanging out on her shirt. <laughs> there was no baby to be found. By the way, uh, watch the YouTube video to learn how you can win a free trip to Memphis with a hotel for two people. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you want to. You, you want to win. You need to come here. You need to come to Memphis. Best comment in Zito's eyes. Best comment that involves the whole situation in Zito. You watch the YouTube, the vlog that'll come out on Tuesday. Tuesday at 7:30 a.m. Foxy grinds away at this thing. So just watch it, just to make him feel good about himself. But also because the shit that is happening behind the scenes while we're doing all this is absolute pandemonium. I mean, it really is. I, I watch it back sometimes, and I'm like, man, that was last week. Yeah. I'm like, that feels like that was potentially two months ago. Yeah. Literally. We were in New York on Monday. Days are weeks, weeks are months, a month's a year. That's literally what it feels like. Yeah. So for the next about four years of our life, we're going to have to do this. <laughs> so let's go ahead and buckle it up. Strap in. We got a college degree to do. Four years. That's <laughs> 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 sick. Just show up and have a positive attitude. That's it. That's absolutely it. We won't talk about any of this on the live show because the live show now we have to like actually um, buckle down. We have to buckle down. buckle down. We have a lot of people listening and watching to that. Trying to make it as good as possible, honestly. <laughs> Trying. 
There's so much things to talk about. I mean, I saw it down at Des Moines Register yesterday. Needed to be done. Needed to be done. I feel like I made some valid points in there. I listened to it back, by the way. And I was like, yeah, go me, man. I think it was pretty good. Because sometimes I get going on those rants, and as soon as it comes out, I don't remember a word. <laughs> so every once in a while, I have to go back through the videos that go out, and I'm like, I feel like I said it. Ah, oh, I should have used this word. Ah, uh, not bad, though. Hey, good for you, Pat. And then I just exit on Twitter, and I keep on with my life. I, like, give me a little rating. Eh, could probably have done better there. Should probably delete that tweet. Uh, people have already seen it. Eh, fuck it. <laughs> that's a full situation that happens it's been a it's been a wild ride tonight philadelphia eagles travel to lambeau for the green bay packers talked to james jones yesterday on the live show he said and i quote that offense is about the bust is that what he said or burst explode explode all of the things He's saying he's talking to people inside the locker room, and they're saying they're one or two plays away every game from blowouts happening, basically. That offense is going to tick, and that defense is incredible. Good for the Packers. But on the other side of the ball, the Eagles. Almost a must win for the Eagles. That's what a lot of people are saying. You got to, I mean, they they lose another one there because the the Cowboys, if they, the Cowboys could end up running away with the division. What happens? Does Jerry try to keep, does he franchise Dak? So Dak has to play for $100 million again next year? You know, because Dak is a whole new player right now. Dak is like, everybody was like, oh, he shows flashes of greatness, but he can never really tie it together for four quarters. But he's tying it together for four quarters because there's so much money on that. By the way, big old gut sack. Mm-hmm. Anytime I would kick field goals, like my first, or anytime I would punt balls my first couple years in the NFL, like in practice, I'd be like, all right, this one's for $10 million. Because that was basically what every punt was, my first contract. It was like, hey, this one could be worth a lot of money. So in practice, I would try to put myself in a place where I was like, figure out how I could put enough pressure on me so that whenever it happened in games, I wouldn't even notice, right? It was just like every kick, even in practice, was a $10 million kick. Because it could have been, you know? Because if I hit that ball good, maybe I learned something about it. I changed my technique. It makes me better. Boom, boom, boom. So there's no wasted reps anymore. Once I had that mindset where I was like, okay, every ball right now is going towards a goal here. Every, every ball here is going towards something. Dak's been doing that probably for the entire offseason, going and training with some QB guru probably somewhere. He's like, all right, this is for literally $100 million. And I'm happy for him. I'm happy he's making it happen. But the Eagles, they could drop to 1-3 and three when they should be 3-0. and oh. But they also could be 0-3, oh says, um, says old James Jones, because the Redskins could have got him. And that team stinks, but they're not out of it yet. You'll know when they're out of it when they put Dwayne Haskins in, because mm-hmm. that's what Jay Gruden said. He said, well, we still got some stuff to play for. Let's hold the fuck on with this Dwayne Haskins guy. We'll put him in when. <laughs> that was a wild scene. Steelers trading for people is crazy. It's like, hey, we're still going to make it work, or we think we're going to get fired, or we're trying to burn the ship down for the future because we know we're out of there. Or it's, hey, we can turn this thing around. What do you think? Uh, I think they had an extra fifth-round pick when they traded Josh Dobbs away in the preseason, and Vance McDonald's banged up, so it was kind of a stopgap. Hey, let's get some depth behind Vance here. So I'm not looking too much into it. I don't think it's telling one way or the other. It would be cool if the Steelers just turned it around. Yenzers would be awesome. If the Steelers turn it around completely, I am excited for the entertainment value that will come from Pittsburgh. Because Yenzers would be like, never doubted it. <laughs> well, you know, to turn it around, you got to throw the ball down the field more than twice. Two times past the line of scrimmage. I think we talked about Mason Rudolph last time. It's, it's not going to get it done. They're handcuffing the kid. Is that what everybody's saying? They're handcuffing the kid. you got to let Mason Rudolph do Mason Rudolph things. Everybody's been saying it. Hey, people have been saying yeah. We're yeah. not. No, we're not. We would never say that. But a lot of people have been saying that. That they're not letting Mason Rudolph shine yet. And when they do, now we're off and running. Mason Rudolph winked at Jadavian Clowney. That was a massive moment for me. I was like, I like this guy. If he's just going to look at a guy who's six foot six, runs a four three, uh, is two hundred and ninety eight pounds, whatever Jadavion Clowney is, the most, maybe one of the most, probably the most physically gifted specimen to ever exist on Earth. Remember when he just jumped over that little kid in, in college? What was that a Michigan player? He, yeah. he just. He just ran through the guy and just blew a human, another human Shot up. Shot his helmet from like the 30-yard yeah. line into the end zone with the impact. He just the grabbed the ball with one hand. Yeah, and he just ran. Yeah. Faster than everybody else. Yeah. Just winking at him. 
What's up, man? That's like sunshine. Let him through. And he flips him up over his back. That's a good moment for old sunshine. Speaking of sunshine, that rooster we referred to earlier is going to come really fucking early for us. Yeah. Show's 9 a.m. Central Time. We hope you get a chance to listen to us. Phones don't work today, so tweet us. Hashtag Pat McAfee Show live. If Zito ends up reading your tweet on the air, you will get free merch. Zito, let's not be getting crazy. Let's make sure we filter through them right because one particular tweet you read on the live show had about four or five historical flaws. No, it was right. The whole thing. Yes, all of it was right. No way. Look at him, look at him. I was, I, was, I was quite upset because I wasn't there on that trip, but I was like, oh, wow, Zito got this right, and everyone's going to bury him now, cause they, cause, and poor Z. You know? Hey, by the way. Never doubted me. I, <laughs> I never doubted him. No, I did doubt you heavily. Because those seemed like pretty egregious statements, but maybe that's why the comment was so good. So that's why Zito picked it. So I should be... Praising you for your selection there for the incredible facts as opposed to anybody making fun of you. No Hey, there's a new Zito potentially coming, by the way. And this one is going to... He hates this hotel right now. Yeah, he hates the city right now. He hates it. Oh, I like the city, but I just don't like what's going on in it. Yeah. It'll be teased in the vlog, by the way. Oh, yeah, because... Yeah, yeah. The, um... I will say this as we wrap up here. I'm sure there are nice parts of the city. Yeah, of course. Of course. I'm certain there are parts of the city that are incredible. I walked down Beale Street. It wasn't bad. I poked my head into an artifact place. It was cool to see all the history of the blues music and this and that. It was very nice. Very cool. B.B. King. B.B. King. Elvis Presley. You name it. It was very incredible. There are parts of the city, though, that... Um, are a bit are, are are a bit bad, and we've seen every. I feel like that a lot of those parts. Yeah, I mean there there are nice parts of the city. You just got to be Benjamin Franklin Gates to find them. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> and again, every cheese has mold. I can't with you. Zito says every cheese has mold. Every rose has a thorn. We get it. Um, but hey, Thursday Night Football on ESPN, Navy's taking on Memphis. Should be a really good fucking game. Should be a really good game. After talking to both teams, really good teams, really well coached. Uh-oh. I made you a cheat sheet then. Zito made me a cheat sheet that I'm going to use during a game. We all know how that's going to go. You saw the motherfucker. You saw the motherfucker make the map for Westwood One. Oh, man, we're in trouble. Oh, well. Thank you so much. Remember, if your tweet gets on the air live, hashtag Pat McAfee Show live. Capital letter on the live, too. Capital live, right? Yeah. We're on the zone in Westwood One from 10 to noon Eastern Standard. Uh, you get some free merch. Phones don't work. Just don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a bag of a box truck. Yeah. People are trying. It's going to rain tomorrow, too, so you're going to hear the drops. Oh, my God. It's going to be so loud. Listen. Not a bad show today, if I do say so myself. Good conversation with Mr. Vinatieri. A little delirious recap of uh, Memphis. Talk about all the NFL stuff. I mean, we're off to a good start here. Let's wrap it up in a, in a promising fashion. Mm-hmm. Let's wrap it up in a manner that takes care of the people that are listening. Yeah. Let's wrap it up in a realization that aging sneaks up on all of us. From old sports injuries acting up to health issues that blindsight us out of nowhere. It's a pain, but none of us take it lying down. We've got projects to conquer, kids to keep up with, and all the energy we can muster for our second act in life. Amen. 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 Man can save himself, though. Did you hear that? I turned amen into a man to let numerous men and women know that Elysium Health is the place to be. It's an exciting health company that has changed lives immensely. Have you ever heard of something called NAD Plus? 
Zito? I have not. Okay. So NAD plus uh, is something in your body that is also called the longevity genes of the soul. Just longevity genes of the soul, I added. NAD plus levels decline in our bodies by as much as 50% by middle age. We need NAD plus for mitochondrial function, <clears throat> how we make energy. For our health of the cell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. For our DNA repair system, for regulating our sleep and wake cycles, and much more. By raising NAD plus levels and activating our longevity genes, basis changes the way you age at the cellular level basis is the first and only supplement based on 25 years of research in the science of aging do you need proof elysium also conducted a clinical trial on basis the study shows that taking the recommended dose of two capsules of basis every day increases nad plus levels by an average of 40 percent wow Elysium also takes quality seriously. Basis is tested for quality and purity by third-party labs, including NSF International. Ever heard of it? Mm-hmm. So you know you're getting what's on the label. What should you expect when taking Basis? Great question. You know it's working in your cells because of their scientific research. Many of the benefits of increased NAD plus are things you won't feel, like enhanced mitochondrial function, active longevity genes, and improved DNA repair. But Basis customers also report experiencing higher energy, better sleep, and more satisfying workouts. This is a scientific breakthrough, and Elysium is on another level. You're getting access to breakthroughs in science. The company has the research to prove it works, and they're honest about what's actually in the product. Plus, it's easy. Just take two capsules a day to improve the way you age. What are you waiting for? This week, listeners can get $45 off a six-month or one-year subscription to Basis by visiting trybasis.com forward slash pat and use the promo code America. That's trybasis.com slash pat and code America. T-R-Y-B-A-S-I-S dot com slash pat code america get 45 dollars off a six month or one year subscription to basis that's a full month of free basis and get a great deal on a groundbreaking supplement ty we've been talking about this nad plus and finally a company has come through and made us make them better all right you guys are the best cheers ty hit the music Shoes and I boarded the plane. Touchdown in the land of the Delta Blues, in the middle of the pouring rain. WC handy, won't you look down over me? Yeah, I got a first class ticket, but I'm as blue as a boy can be. Then I'm walking in Memphis. Walking with my feet ten feet off a beam Walking in Memphis But do I really feel the way I feel? Saw the ghost of Elvis On Union Avenue Followed him up to the gates of Graceland And I watched him walk right through now security, they did not see him They just hovered around his tomb But there's a pretty little thing Waiting for the king Down in the jungle room When I was walking in Memphis I was walking with my feet Ten feet off a of beam Walking in Memphis Catfish on the table They've got gospel in the air River and green Be glad to see you When you haven't got a prayer But boy you got a prayer in Memphis
every Friday at the Hollywood And they brought me down to see her And they asked me if I would Do a little number And I sang with all my might She said, tell me are you a Christian child? And I said, ma'am I am tonight A Walking in Memphis But do I really feel the way I feel Walking in Memphis I was walking with my feet ten feet off a beam Walking in Memphis But do I really feel the way I feel Put on my blue suede shoes and I boarded the plane Touched down in the land of the Delta Blues In the middle of the pouring rain Touched down in the land of the Delta Blues In the middle of the pouring rain